Welcome to Believer Readers to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, where we cover books that are a blast from Peter Parker's past. Today's books came out at the same time as the following three events. Stage musical Phantom of the Opera premieres in London. The second time Saturday Night Live uses a time delay. And the Iran-Contra affair drama as President Reagan's administration admits it sold arms to Iran and Secretary Fon Hall smuggles documents out of the office to Oliver North. Eddie, which of these three would you like to discuss? Uh, James, me, the stage musical of Phantom of the Opera, not only did it run from 1986 to, I'm pretty sure, 2022, but this is in my realm. You know, James B., there's an orchestra that plays behind Phantom. Some of the musicians who were played the premiere played Phantom the Opera all the way until 2022. It's just crazy. Uh, I, I, 13,000 plus performances that they would play the same music for over and over again. I, I don't know if I could do that. I, it was very profitable for them, though. So, Well, yeah, if those guys and girls who were playing that music all that time were collecting Spider-Man books the whole way through, the first book they would have collected would have been from October of 1986. Stanley presents Web of Spider-Man 19, 20, and 21, Humbug, Little Wars, and the Enemy Unknown, written by Dave Mescheline, Larry Lieber, Mark Silvestri, Bob McLeod, and Vince Coletta. James B., that was one of the slickest transitions you've had. And you've had some very slick ones lately, but nicely done. Uh, quick summary of these three books. In Web of Spider-Man 19, a goofy villain named Humbug decides to rob an armored car. Spidey defeats the sonic bug-powered baddie just before Now Magazine sends him on assignment with Joy Mercado to England to investigate Irish terrorism. In Web of Spider-Man 20, Peter must stop a terrorist plot to blow up Parliament without revealing Spider-Man is in England. While Peter plays incognito hero, Joy works on buying some documents that we can assume incriminate the Roxxon Corp. They decide to dive further into the terrorist story and head to Belfast, North Ireland. In Web of Spider-Man 21, instead of continuing our story in Ireland, the book daydreams into a story from Peter's past. It involves two brothers who blame Spider-Man for their father's death and start committing crimes in a cleverly constructed Spider-Man costume. Eddie, I want to talk about the sympathetic villains we're presented with. Humbug is an ESU professor, big surprise, trying to steal $8,000 black pearls in the hopes of gaining research money for his insect projects. I like that his main weapon is sounds that insects make, and I like that he's very fallible. Next, we have the IRA attacking the UK in hopes to reclaim Northern Ireland. I hope I have that correct. Sympathetic because they are fighting for a cause, but not so sympathetic as a six-year-old girl dies. So the reader knows this is terrorism, not a rebellion, at least according to these writers. Finally, another innocent victim dies, creating Bow Spider-Man. These guys were able to use a lot of tricks and gadgets like suction cups, etc. Along with their costume skills, it was a waste that this was what they had to do, but it's understandable. So of these three, I mean, Humbug is clearly the best villain. I'd love to see him again. Uh, it's a classic moment when he's playing all his little sound effects out of his cassettes and he slaps one in there and he accidentally starts playing Springsteen's Born in the USA. 
instead. But any any other comments you want to make about any three of these villains? Humbug is where we need to go more. It's super fun. He has an ill-fitting costume, too. I mean, what he looks like is just as funny as how he kind of uh, <laughs> acts all through this book. He's got a cape and like a shark fin on the top of his head, some goggles. <laughs> and then, like you said, all these different cassettes of types that then blast this audio thing out of his hands, uh, which is powerful enough to like break open an armored car. So well done, Humbug. We got to see this guy in the future. Totally agree, James B. But meanwhile, it's the other books that involve like serious issues in death. <laughs> yes, it's it's a stark contrast. The political situation with the IRA and the big storyline that they're really kind of dealing with, with Joy Mercado and Machine Guns and Peter and the Irish and the United Kingdom going at it. And then even the other story, which really involves Spider-Man trying to stop a situation with a villain. And while he's trying to stop this hostage situation, sort of, uh, you know, someone gets killed in the process and that man's children are coming out to try to seek revenge. So, again, much more serious storylines there. Uh, there's also mention of the Red Hand, this impossible Roxxon involvement. I don't really think that's exactly true. And there's a vigilante named Solo who gets mentioned but not seen. Huh. None of those get too much resolution in these books. Hmm. All right, let's talk about Peter's relationships. Uh, I think Joy Mercado tries to put the moves on Peter at dinner in Web of Spider-Man 20, but she is also sending mixed signals. Can we read the dialogue on page six-ish, James B.? It's not Huckleberry Finn, it's Spider-Man. Who are you going to be, Peter or Joy? I'll be Joy. Then here's to a wonderful meal. You bet. Quite a change from my usual burger de jour. I can't believe Joan is springing for an expense account. You deserve it, Peter. You work hard. You do a lot for a lot of people. Of all the photographers I could have paired with me, I'm glad Jonah picked you. My hand moves over your hand, James B. <laughs> you could say Joy's hand puts this on top of Peter. <laughs> That's not as fun. Continue. <laughs> me too, Joy. Uh, how about seeing some sights tonight you and me my hand moves away that would be um wonderful peter but i'm afraid i have other plans ah right i understand uh and soon the narrator says sure you don't mind peter you've been listening to it's not huckleberry finn it's spider-man Peter seems to be all about this Joy Mercado, but she turns him down. He, he, he doesn't seem to consider MJ when he's holding their hands are connected at the table. Uh, we have evolved so far away from the cattiness of Liz Allen and their icy words towards Betty Brant to this very open relationship I guess he has with MJ. Yeah, the last podcast we discussed how MJ comes back from a date into the apartment that she is she sharing it with Peter. It's like she just comes walking in the apartment and 
puts him in bed or something, you know? And she was on a date with another guy that she was calling Tiger, which I can't believe you still didn't get super upset with. But <laughs> I know by Web of Spider-Man 30, they'll be married. I mean, because they get married in the annual 21 of Amazing Spider-Man. So they're going to be married in like 10 issues. Uh, speaking of people getting married, Web 19 informs us that Aunt May and Nathan are breaking up over his involvement with the incident with those punks uh, in, in the house there where he pulled up the shade and the guy got shot. Ugh. In addition, two members of the Over the Hill gang, Martha and Sophie, not your most talked about ones, Eddie, but they are two of the group. They're moving out to a safer place. Hard to believe they find Aunt May's Forest Hills home a dangerous place, but it's true. Weird things just keep happening there over and over again. So how many more borders can Aunt May get into her house? I, I don't know. Maybe Titania oh. and Crusher Creel are available. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about things pertaining to Spider-Man. He turns off a smokestack, uh, uses it as a shield against bullets, uh, Eddie, is that covered by renter's insurance if Spider-Man tears off your smokestack of your house? Seems, seems very unlikely. We have a very close friend who works in insurance, and <laughs> I've discussed actually several of the things. Uh, she works in auto insurance. She's like, yeah, there's no way I'd prove that. So, no, I think not covered by insurance. Watch your hands, Spider-Man. Uh, James B., this is a flashback book in Web of uh, Spider-Man 21 that never happened uh, it's an unusual decision by the writers to have a flashback that doesn't actually occur yeah so listeners the choice was somebody died because of a hostage situation the choice would be we could have then shown a scene of a hostage situation from a book that we had and that someone gets killed but i think it was fine that it was it was a hostage situation that we never saw happen like who cares you know, right. whatever. It's Move just, on. I'm, yeah. I was far more interested to see their trip to Belfast. So quite disappointed. Eddie, Spider-Man was thinking like, hey, I got I got pushed in front of a train. And his thought was like, not like who pushed me in front of the train. This was Web Spider-Man 18, I believe. He was pushed in front of a train. Yes, kind of correct. He's like, I, I think my spider sense is not working. So he goes over and says, listen, um, I'm going to just turn my back and let this guy take a swipe at me with a crowbar. And he's like, okay, that worked fine. And then he, he kind of like hands a guy a gun or something. <laughs> a guy's a gun. He's like, doesn't knock out of his hand. And he like has the guy shoot at him. I mean, really? It seems to be a risky maneuver to try to figure out what's mm. actually wrong with this spider sense. Reckless behavior here. No resolution to who pushes in front of the train. Right. But spo spoiler, when I was checking something else, I did see that they will actually resolve that eventually. Who oh. pushed in front of the train? Yeah. That's yeah. good. I really yeah. bypassed this section quickly. I was like, come on, man. Sure. Stop playing around. And particularly since it resolves so quickly. It wasn't some big drama where you had to, like, go whip up a, you know, potion to get rid of his six arms or whatever. <laughs> it was just, oh, it's working again. Wonderful. I will continue on normally in my life. So... There you go. Every two months, you can check in with me and see if we know who pushed in front of the train. And uh, I'll keep you updated. All right. It's probably not Gloria Grant. I know you've been worried about her. <laughs> we'll, we'll find her soon enough. Yeah. it's For, for the record, it's December of uh, 2023. And uh, 
we've just found out that somebody pushed him in front of a train. Let's see uh, when we actually get to resolve that. Anyway. So that's all I'm going to say. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, mo- no, month and year. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, Spider-Man considers getting plastic web shooters to avoid metal detectors when Spider-Man needs to travel abroad. Um, <laughs> I mean, he needs the, he needs them when he travels for for now magazine, I guess. We should let's just talk about that instead. Okay. The, the Daily Bugle and stuff. Yeah, I just want to argue that now magazine is it exists simply for crazy moments like this. It gives us a chance to introduce expensive trips, alternate characters, and photo opportunities. I like Peter essentially having a second job opportunity. I like books with two villains. I like when he has two love interests. I like options for Peter, and Now Magazine is just another one. It's crazy the budget Now Magazine has to send Joy and Peter all the way to England And then they seem to imply it won't be a big deal if they just extend their trip and follow the story to North Ireland. Yeah, they take the money from Now Magazine and he gives them money and says, like, buy some luggage. And they're like, she buys a dress. and He gets flowers for Aunt May, right? Yeah, they have all kinds of money. And then, you know, no burger du jour. They get to do whatever they want with their money there. Um, Now Magazine, lots of, a lot more money than the Bugle. Uh, Speaking of the Bugle, listeners, the Daily Bugle presents Live with Eddie. Someone asked her recently, are you ever informed beforehand who you're going to be interviewing? Uh, no, James B. <laughs> yeah. So I, I always, I think you do a very nice job. Oh, it, thank you. Well, you know. Off the cuff. I think it's tough. I mean, I set the interview up. I'm never sure who's going to be there until the last minute. But today, Eddie, please welcome to discuss everything they witnessed, Sophie. Now, Sophie is one of uh, Aunt May's boarders who recently oh, yes. moved out. Uh-huh. Uh, Sophie and Martha, and she's here to talk to you about uh, you know, what's been going on with her. Thank so, you for the uh, context, James B. <laughs> of course. I know you you know all these people, but sometimes on a last name, it's hard to keep track of all the Sophies in your world. So the next voice you'll hear should be Sophie. Okay. Hello? Sophie, yes. I You're, you're there. Your mic's working just fine. No need to deafen us. Thank you, though. Yes. I'm so, yes. Is this Eddie? This is Eddie. Welcome to Let's Read Spider-Man. I'm so glad to have you. Oh, I'm so happy to be on Let's Read Spider-Man. Thank you for, ooh, how does this work again? I can't even see you. Are you there? Sophie, uh, you're dangerously reminding me of several guests we've had on in the oh, past. Speaking of dangerous, it was so dangerous with all the punks. It was very scary. <laughs> yeah, you've decided to leave Aunt May's house. I I feel like it's a very fun place to live, though. They have parties fairly often, right? Just because of the punks? Uh, yes, uh, we, we had parties very often. And you know what? The police would come by and they wouldn't even give us a hard time. Back in my day, people respected the police. <laughs> well, Sophie, I, I, I'm glad you have such a respect for the police. I, I do hope you find a safe place to live. Any, any um, idea where you're going to move to? I don't, we don't know where we're going here, but I will, I, I can, I can, when I find out where I'm moving, I can fax you the details. What's, what's your fax number, Eddie? Uh, you'll have to uh, ask James B. He kind of coordinates faxes for our podcast, so. 
Okay, hold let on. you know, you, okay? You keep you keep talking for a second. I'm just going to sit for a minute. You just keep talking and ask your questions. Go ahead. Uh, uh, Sophie, you and Nathan, you had a lot of conversation. You, you, you gave the robbers a hard time that, excuse me, yeah, the punks. We, yeah, we sure, you know, Nathan got that kid killed. Oh, we sure are in a pickle about it. It was quite a kerfuffle. I agree. Um, I I think Sophie, why don't you focus on your future place you're going to live? Make sure it's much safer. Well, you, we, I, Aunt May's place there. We, I already know it. The the delivery boy, the newspaper boy. I know him on a first name basis. I'm going to miss him. Do you know your deliver? Do you know your newspaper boy on a first name basis, Edward? I do not. He he drives a noisy car and throws a newspaper at my house sometimes. So I'll, do you know what I'll else you is no? I'll tell you what's noisy is some of the people at, at Aunt May's home. They have Crohn's disease. Uh, uh, Crohn's disease. Do you know that? Do you know who else has Crohn's disease? My my childhood friend Ellie McGregor. Do you know her? Do you know I, Ellie? I do not know, but I consider this too much information, probably for call, all of us, actually. Call the operator, ask her to get Ellie McGregor's number for you, and ask her about how noisy it can be. She'll tell you some stories. I'll do that. All right. I think that's all the time we have today. <laughs> we like to thank Sophie for her hard-hitting conversation with Eddie, breaking down all the details. Eddie did a yeah, we, uh, nice... We really, we really learned a lot from her, didn't we, James P? We sure did. And uh, remember to check out the Daily Bugle for even more news and firsthand accounts like this. Eddie, how can people reach us? Actually, James B., I hear we have some news from listeners. Oh, good point. Thank you so much. We have a listener mail from our friend Brian Adams. He writes to us and says, just wanted to say you guys are doing a great job. Still trying to catch up. Also, he just listened to the one where Eddie said he would date a superhero short term. However, has he not watched My Super Ex-Girlfriend? He might want to. Anyway, keep up the good work. It helps me get through working third shift. Again, that's from Brian Adams. And he sent us that message uh, to our Gmail account. Brian, I'm so glad we can help you. Third shift is not an easy shift. Uh, you know, I'm not particularly good at watching anything, uh, James B. One of your favorite segments is to remind me how I haven't paid good attention to the Marvel movies. <laughs> well, that's that's a single movie, so you wouldn't have to do a lot of Whew. watching. It's just one okay. one single movie. But yeah, we're all, right. we're all kind of slacking on the Marvel movies these days, so don't worry about it. They're, <laughs> they're putting up a lot of stinkers, and uh, I'm, even I'm not racing out to, to see the non-Spider-Man movies. Eddie, in addition to this amazing mail from Brian, uh, we just it, Christmas comes early to us. One of our listeners jumped right into Discord because you're going to give us a little spiel in a minute about how they can join us through social media. Yeah, and this is Jeremy, and he wrote at James B at Eddie. That's us, by the way. Hey, hey. Uh, just found your podcast a few weeks ago, and just wanted to say I think you're doing an awesome job. You guys crack me up. Wow, it is so wonderful to hear from our listeners, isn't it, James B? Yeah, and if you want to learn more about Jeremy, you can just ask the operator, and she'll look him up and put you in contact with him. Jeremy also continues to have a nice conversation with us in on Discord, which other people can do as well. And Eddie, if people wanted to send us an email like Brian or reach out on Discord like Jeremy, how could they reach us? 
you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com or click on the link in this podcast description to join our Discord channel and connect with us through social media. Or you could ask James B. for our fax number. (laughs) And now it's time for Eddie's most interesting realization. As Spider-Man waits for the brothers who are out to get him, he decides to make a web hammock several stories up and take a nap. Goodbye. Goodbye. Eddie, I'm glad you didn't pick the Iron Man Contra affair because I'm not super <laughs> informed on that. I do remember that Fawn Hall, I think, posed for like one of the Playboy or type magazines or something. She became famous afterwards, which happens a lot in our world. The Huge. Kato Kalins of the world, you know, get somehow fame out of uh, these criminals. But Saturday Night Live uses a time delay. Uh, Sam Keniston, not to be confused with Jeff Keniston, the... <laughs> the most lo- famous Keniston we know. Right. Well, it's Keniston and Keniston, oh, okay. but that's okay. All right. He, they're both they're both great in their own right. But uh, he was the second time they used a time delay. They did it uh, three times ever as of, you know, 2023 recording. They used it with Richard Pryor, which really insulted him. He was very uh-huh. concerned that uh, why were they picking on him? Was it, you know, because he was who he was or something? But they were just like, no, you just say a lot of controversial stuff. So we, they created the time delay. Wow. These are for Sam Keniston. And these are for Andrew Dice Clay as well. I think these oh. are those people have colorful language. <laughs> and just for, just for those who are very interested in time delays, which we do not use here, right? We, we are live. Okay. We, well, I haven't edited. But our time delay, uh, the way they do it is they record on one, like they record live. And then it gets transferred live to a second track. Wow. And that second track is then um, broadcast. Wow. Interesting. There you go. That's how that works, huh, James B? Super fascinating. I didn't ever think about how that would work.